child of Tanavast, child of honor, child of one long since departed. The sudden voice shook Kaladin. He floundered in the air. The oath pact was shattered. The booming sound made the storm wall itself vibrate. Kaladin hit the ground, separating from the storm. He skidded to a stop, feet throwing up sprays of water. Storm winds crashed into him, but he was enough a part of them that they neither tossed nor shook him. Men ride the storms no longer. The voice was thunder, crashing in the air. The oath pact is broken, child of honor. I don't understand, Kaladin screamed into the tempest. A face formed before him, the face he had seen before, the aged face as wide as the sky, its eyes full of stars. Odium comes, most dangerous of all the sixteen. You will now go. Something blew against him. Wait, Kaladin said. Why is there so much war? Must we always fight? He wasn't sure why he asked. The questions simply came out. The storm rumbled like a thoughtful, aged father. The face vanished, shattering into droplets of water. More softly, the voice answered, Odium reigns. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book One, The Way of Kings. Spoiler warning for chapter 46. If uh, you haven't read that far in the book yet, I would suggest going back and catching up and then coming and finding us afterwards. If you have read everything and you are all cut up, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q. And with me as always, flying over all of Roshar on the back of a high storm, the original child of Tanavast. It's Jack! Wah, hey! What's up, How man? Are I'm good, How dude. I'm ya? really good. Had a big, nice day at work today. I'm I'm all jazzed to do this recording. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm I'm excited too. This is a really interesting chapter. Mm-hmm. Oh, chapter forty-six. Child of Tanavast. We're coming close to the end of this part here. This last chapter with the Shadesmar was, which uh, uh, the chapter of Shadesmar was awesome, and now we're getting this mm. really awesome chapter. You want to just dive right in or? I, I think we should dive in because I've got a lot of notes here. Um, the beginning quote, what I found was interesting uh, in quotations, by then the so-called radiance had already begun to show their true nature. And then the comment from, I believe, Yasna once again, this is the only line of any use to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. Radiance showing their true nature. What are your uh, 
What well, are your thoughts about that? Um, it sounds like there's some traveling going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, though I was due for dinner in Vaden City that night, I insisted upon visiting Kolinar to speak mm-hmm. with Tivbet. It sounds like there's like uh, some fast traveling going on here. The tariffs mm-hmm. through Urithiru were going quite unreasonable. Um, by then, the so-called Radiance had already begun to show their true nature. So mm-hmm. close to the fall of the Radiance, maybe? The other part mm-hmm. I really like here is in the postscript, it says, following the firing of the original Palinaeum, and not firing as in Yafayad, as in fire. <laughs> the Palinaeum yeah. caught fire and only one page of uh, Terexim's autobiography remained after the fire. And this is the only line that was any use to me. So the Palinaeum wow. being where Shalon and Yasna yeah, are right studying. now. Yeah. Clearly, clearly the clearly original Palinaeum went, went up in flames. Was, so yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So a lot of, a lot of history in just that one little quote. <laughs> so what did you think about this opening part with Cal riding the storm in his dream? This is really cool. I loved this so much. I loved imagining it. I was um, a bit of a. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I was connecting this. This, this is going to be sounding so silly, but there's this ride in uh, Walt Disney World called Soarin'. Yes, it's totally like that. On. Uh, yeah, so it's, <laughs> it just reminded me of like, you know, witnessing all these different landscapes. It kind of reminded me also a bit when... Uh, when uh, when Bastion in Neverending Story is like getting to the end and he's riding the dragon with Falcor and all these different parts of the realms, um, so that's what you're kind of get. Although this, I imagine, like much cooler. No offense to those other references, but this this was something else. This is like, first of all, I, I think it's a verb meaning storm riding. I think is something that certain individuals once did. You think so? Well, yeah, that's what I think so, because I think it was referenced in this... Well, that's what I think. Right. So I, I'm not sure, but that's what I'll, that's what I'll think, or that's what I'll put forth, that like Kaladin is riding the storm, or at least he's dreaming that he's riding the storm. Right. He approaches a, a dark continent, soaring upward, leaving the sea behind. Vastness of the continent spread out before him, an ocean of rock. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but it says here, he hadn't understood... How could he have? Right. I don't know what that means, but I put a question mark, like, what's that about? Well, I, I think he it wrote... means he's so small in comparison to the world. Like he's so up high. Oh, he how sees could how he have? Big... So just. Yeah. How could he have ever known how big everything known... was? Okay. Okay. I, I was reading into it. I wasn't sure if it was that, uh, simply that, but. Uh, that's how I read it. But anyway. that's, but that's good. No, I, I, I think you're right. Um, he roars past the shattered plains. They, they looked as if something very large had hit them yeah. at the center, sending rippling breaks outward. I really liked imagining that. And then he was like, no wonder nobody can get out of the chasms because it's just so complex. <laughs> it's crazy. And it's crazy. Like once yeah. you go in, you're, you're, you're done. Yeah. Um, there was a large plateau at the center and there were lights. Someone was, someone was living there. Mm-hmm. He noticed that the eastern side of the plains were very different than the western side, marked by tall spindly pillars. We have... But he could see symmetry to this landscape and it looked like a work of art. Right. I loved all that yeah, description. Yeah, that's, that's it was awesome. amazing. We, um, we actually have a name for that large plateau at the center, right? Dalinar gave us that name way back when. It, they call it the tower because it's like one of those plateaus right. that are so high. So high. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it's like so far That's... from Alethi controlled territory that they never go there because it's just so far away, which Cal is mm. saying is actually at the center of the Shattered Plains. So they think it's right. so far away from them, but it's actually in the it's middle just... of the Shattered Plains, which is crazy to think it's halfway to the end of the Shattered Plains. Right. Right. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, that's th- that is super cool. Then they talk about the erosion on the uh, on the east side. Um, as you said, the east side is different from the west side, and they talk about how yeah. the uh, east side is like these tall, spindly pillars that have worn away yeah. from erosion. And uh, right. we heard this previously again from Dalinar when Dalinar starts to explain what his original war plan was, and when he started like kind of surveying the the shattered plains he realized that they couldn't do anything over on the eastern side it was just too the the plateaus were too small to be able to actually do anything right Mm -hmm. so it's neat that there's like i see this explanation for the approach and right and and also not to give away the ghost too much here but um there are moments throughout this that we can tie back to other people's experiences with the, the 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 land the shattered plains so it's mm-hmm. giving a little bit of validity and truth to what Cal's seeing. He's not just like, he's dreaming, but he's also seeing things that we know are connected in the real world, right? Right, right. So it's interesting. No, it was super cool. He, so he, he goes past them. He goes, he goes past all of this to the mm. Northwest across the Sea of Spears, yeah. which is a shallow inland sea where broken fingers of rock jut out of the water. He passes over Alethkar, catching a glimpse of the great city of Kolinar, and then turns southward away from anything that he's ever known. Right. And he crests these majestic mountains that are densely populated at their tips. I really like this, with these, these very tops, these crests of the mountains, they're, they're villages that are clustered around vents emitting uh, steam or lava. And right. these, he believes, he, he's, he's thinking to himself, are, are these the Horn Eater Peaks? Right. Is this where rocks um, from? Yeah. Right. So I, I, so I really had a lot of fun imagining all of this. And again, with him in this violent storm, like traveling at, you know, great speed. So he, he leaves them with the wind and the rain moving. Hey, in Erisic the- Lowlander, you don't know peak if it hits you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I love Rock. Yeah. He's just so great. Yeah. What an unbelievable fun character. Yeah. Um, he passes, he passes, uh, foreign cities and plains, villages and waterways, there were many armies, tents pulled flat against the rock, soldiers huddled in cl- hillside clefts. And he's thinking to himself, he's like, wow, like how many wars was the world fighting? Right. Like, was there nowhere that had any peace? Mm-hmm. I like here, he says, he flies over these lands with dark skinned people and they look like Sigzil, he says, like they dark like Sigzil. Yeah. And Sigzil is, we know he's Azish. And so the, the Uh, Azish are from Azir. Mm -hmm. So this could be the, the, he's, when he's flying over, this could be Sigzil's home, uh, home, like land or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, this is, I really like this bit too. Uh, so going to the Southwest from where he was blowing toward a city built in long troughs Mm -hmm. in the ground and these long troughs, it described as it looks like a, a giant claw ripped across the landscape. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, just, I love picturing, again, the storms are a threat, right? So having cities almost in trenches, like on the Death Star. Yeah. Like that's where the cities are in these, in the landscape Pro- itself. Protected. Yeah. Isn't that really, I just, I couldn't help but 
visualize that. I'm like, wow, that is such an awesome image. I'm like, this is, this is just, and, and to be honest with you, I mean, another thing that this chapter reminded me of, so the child of Tanabast, chapter 46, was the beginning of Game of Thrones, that visual where you go to all the different lands and you see what everything's like. Mm -hmm. It's just like us looking over the map at the beginning of the book and we're looking at like, oh, what's this? What's this? Kyle's literally flying in the air going, oh my God, what's this? What's this? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) I I would advocate, I mean, certainly if this was like, if this ever became a TV show or or film series, which I would love it to be, um, but if if, if it ever did, um, it would be a great way to show the lands. Right. Um, it, you know, would be some kind of storm riding effect that would bring you mm-hmm. the audience to different places. So they, they knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so where are we here? Uh, waves of water. Yeah. And yeah. And then meets the people that looks like Sigzil. Right. That was really cool. The land went on and on hundreds of cities, thousands of villages, yeah. people living in gigantic hollowed out stalactites beneath a Titanic sheltered ridge. Yeah. Again, another wonderfully, uh, fantastical image. Yes. Um, every, every land has its uh, own way of it. being able to survive these storms and they're all different right. from sheltered each other. From, right. Just like, just like, uh, all the efforts of the uh, flora and fauna. Right. It's exactly that. The people, the people have evolved like the vegetation, right? And the, the animals. The West seemed less troubled by war is what he was thinking, but still peace seemed a scarce commodity in the world. Mm -hmm. Then he saw these strange flashing lights. Yeah. I love this. And he blew, he blew toward them, uh, at the forefront of the storm. What were those lights? They came in bursts, forming the strangest patterns, here, can, spherical can, bubbles can we stop of light for a that vibrated here? with spikes and troughs. Yeah. <laughs> there's, um, there's, uh, this thing where it says, saw strange flashing lights in a triangle shaped city. And it mm-hmm. makes me think of a capsule showing Shalon how all these cities were built in these symmetrical shapes. Mm-hmm. And so like Cal is flying over the city and he sees the pattern that the city is made out of. It's just, it's, it's like, it's again, one of these hints that he's seeing something that's maybe more than just a dream, right? Like he's seeing fact. Right. Anyways. Yeah, no, you're right. He, yeah, he, um, with these bursts of light that he's going toward. Yeah. He, he does, uh, pass a strange, strange city laid out in a triangle pattern. And Mm. that does, uh, speak to what, what, what you were saying. It had these tall uh, peaks rising out like sentries. Yeah. Uh, the flashes were then coming from within a building on the central peak yeah. and he flew, he flew directly over toward it, opened the door and enters a hallway with bright red tiles, yeah. mosaic murals that are, are passing by his, his, uh, just gorgeous his, uh, vision, artwork. but, yeah. but but he couldn't make it out. It's right. too fast. Then he rustles and then it gets specific. Like you're in this building, you're in a hallway. Now you're rustling the skirts of golden haired serving women. Yeah. Let's stop there for carrying... a second. These golden haired serving women, we know from past, uh, descriptions of peoples that the people who have golden hair, not just mm-hmm. like blonde hair, but actually golden, golden. hair are mm-hmm. the Iriali. Ira- uh, 
Um, so he must be in Erie, which is like the land of where the Eriali are. So if you were to flip right. to your front of the, the book where yeah. your, your map is, Let me just um, grab it. Okay. you could kind of like track his, his flight his over flight? top of all of <laughs> Roshar. Like you could pretty much like put oh, your really? finger where, uh, the shattered plains are and he goes north towards Kolinar. And down toward like where around where the Horn Eater Peaks are. Now, which map are you? I'm looking at the, like the here? Roshar world map here. Roshar, like, okay, got it, yeah. got it. Yeah. So if you put your finger on the Shattered Plains, he starts here and he goes north towards Kolinar, right? And then he veers yep. to the east towards Yakaved down the Horn Eater Peaks, more east across where Azir is. You can see Azir in big bold letters there. So this is where the Azish live. And then it goes up towards Erie. See, I-R-I up in these like... I-R-I, yeah. Yeah, so this so is where the... the he's, he's, he's on the western side. But yeah, I really like how you could track his... No, um, that's really cool to, to see the flight pattern. Yeah, you could track his flight pattern across the the con uh, the, 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 the world of the continent, right? So it's really, really neat. Well, these golden, golden-haired serving women who carry trays of food or steaming towels... And they, they call out in a strange language, wondering like who left the window open in, in a high storm as he passes right. through. Yeah. I love that description because it just, it just, it brought him there. And I loved that, you know, uh, Brandon, Mr. Sanderson takes the time to describe these golden haired servants. Uh, um, I just, I just thought it was a really, really cool image. Yeah, it's neat. Uh, so brushing past, uh. Then, then he brushes past a pretty golden red-haired woman huddled, frightened in a corner. Mm -hmm. And Kaladin bursts through a door and he discovers a man standing over two corpses. Yeah. Pale head shaved, clothed in white. The murderer, as it was described in the text, mm -hmm. the murderer held a long, thin sword in one hand. He looked up from his victims and seemed to look over at Kaladin. Right. He had large shin eyes. That's all that was in the text. Right. But this, of course, I believe is describing Zeth. Right. Of course it's Zeth, dude. Of course There's it's only Zeth. one shin that wears white Come and murders on, people. Right. So last time we met <laughs> Zeth, or last time we were with Zeth, remember he got a new master and he got a list yeah. of people he had to murder. And they mm -hmm. were all like the most important people on Roshar. Like kings, diplomats, right. like um, right. emperors, all that stuff. Like all the leaders. A lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work. So yeah, clearly we see, and this is so amazing. Is this, is this death at work? Like, is this happening? Dude, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, is this a dream that's like from the past, from the future? Is this just completely fabrication? Or is our hero, is Kaladin witnessing Zeth like in the moment? What do you think? I... I like to think that he's witnessing this in the moment, that this is becoming a part of his power or his capabilities. He, that's what I like to believe. Throughout this whole description of writing this storm, he, there are numerous examples of things that happen in the world that exist in the world that we've been told about yes. before the tower, right. the spinely, the Eastern yep. spires, the, like yep. all this stuff that is this sh sh man with shin eyes and white with a bald yeah. head and a thin sword yeah. killing. Like these are all examples of happening in the real world. So if this is just a dream, Cal has a hell of an imagination and it just happens to line up with everything we've read so far in the novel. Right. 
And then the voice. Oh yeah, this is crazy. This is nuts. Um, hang on, hang on. Kaladin blows out the window. Okay, Kaladin blows out the window, streaking in the night. Now it said streaking in the night, so I just want to say I did chuckle a little bit, think, thinking of like a buck naked Kaladin <laughs> streaking out into the night. So I, I won't we're, lie we're to streaking. Brandon, Mr. Sanderson. He's he's so literally I, quoting so, old school. We're going streaking. We're going, we're going streaking. So, so when Kaladin, when he blows out the window, streaking <laughs> into the night, I'm like, I, I I just felt like wanting to go to talk to Brandon, Mr. Sanderson, and say, was was there another way we could have maybe described that, or am I just being? We- I'm just. It's probably my fault. I'm being no, weird. It, Anyways, I'm. I think that it it, it written as streaking is perfect because it created it this moment. Written. It's it's amazing. This. This is it. Yeah. So more cities, mountains, forests, passed in a in a blur. Plants curled up. Oh, this is awesome. See, he's continuing his journey. He's blowing past Zeth, mm-hmm. and he's still continuing this breakneck journey. Plants are curling up as he as his approach uh, mm-hmm. is coming. Rock buds close their shells, and shrubs withdraw their branches. He reaches the Western Ocean, and then, yeah, the voice, child of Tanavas, child of honor. Honor with a capital H, mind you. Child of one long since departed. The sudden voice shook Kaladin. He floundered in the air. The oath pack was shattered. Yeah, this he is says, good. Although um, I don't, I have to say, I don't know what Honor. Child of Honor. Child of honor. 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 Because if it was honor, it would have the U, the proper Canadian way of spelling. But, but when I'm, when I'm reading it, it's Honor, it's Honor. So I, I'm kind of confused. So again, I would plead with Brandon, Mr. Sanderson, like, what do you, it, like, do you mean honor or do you mean Honor? Jay, uh, Jack, what's your, um, what's your favorite color? <laughs> what's my favorite Cologne? <laughs> your cologne? <laughs> Yes. Sorry, you were saying color. Oh, color. Yeah, your, my color. What's your favorite color? Yeah, is it red or is it green? My color is a little. My color is a little. Uh, is a little blanched lately. That's funny. I really thought for a second <laughs> that you didn't know how to read honor. I was like, dude, it's honor. <laughs> he says. Um, the voice says the men ride the winds no longer. Right, which is why I I was talking to you at the beginning right. with that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Of like men ride the ride the storms no longer. Well, they must have been storm riders then, or some people have. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. I love that it says the booming voice made the storm wall itself vibrate. Right. And then Kaladin hits the ground, separating from the storm, skidding to a stop, spraying up water, storm winds crashing into him, but he was a part of them. And they didn't toss or shake him. Yeah. Can you say high dexterity check or what? Bear, uh, reflex save. Reflex save. Mm-hmm. There you go. I like how he says um, that the voice was thunder crashing in the air. Mm-hmm. That like this voice was talking to him, but it was also thunder. Okay. So, hang, so hang on. Mm-hmm. I, so as a first time reader, first of all, child of Tanavast, question mark, question mark, infinitum. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know what that means. Child of honor, take it at face value. Child of one long since departed. I thought he was Liren's boy. Right. He is. Child of one long since departed. 
but the okay there's the, the capitals here make a lot of difference okay got right? it it's not child with a small c it's child with a big c mm-hmm it's not honor with and a the, little h, it's honor with a big H. So there's, mm-hmm. it, it means something. It means a little bit more. Mm. The oath pact was shattered. So again, all these questions, I don't know what mm-hmm. these things mean. Yeah. I really, I really excited. I really want to find out. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, um, really awesome, uh, to look forward to that. And the, um, a face forms in the, s- the storm. And this is the same face he saw while he was in the storm right. and the hanging, right? Right. The aged face, as wide as the sky, its eyes full of stars. And then here's one of the most important parts of this whole chapter. Yeah. Odium comes, says, with a capital O, yeah. most yeah. dangerous of all the 16. You will now go. And then like... Cal, something blew against Cal and he's like, no, wait, wait. Like he's trying to ask a question of the face. Yeah, he's, he's asking like, a few questions. Why is there so much war? Why must we always fight? The face vanishes, shattering into droplets of water. More softly, the voice answers, odium reigns. Right. And of course. I got goosebumps, bro. Be, I'm like Mr. O- goosebumps odium, over o- Odium reigns could be read two ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like rains. So, yeah. Though it is spelt R-E-I. So I know. I'm just saying it's, it's kind of a fun little. If you listen to the audio um, audible, it couldn't mean both because you don't know how it's spelled. <laughs> there you go. Odium rains. Mm-hmm. Um, point of view changes at this point. Kaladin gasps, waking up, surrounded by dark figures, holding him down to a stone floor. He, he grabs two ankles beside him and throws them off balance. He yeah. comes to his feet, lurches at the man in front of him, rolls him over, grabbing for a knife, grabbing for a spear. No knife, no spear. Storm, you Kaladin? It was, it was Teft. Yeah. You tried to go out in the storm, Moash says. Yeah. Kaladin steps back from the barracks and into the rain. He uses soap to start cleaning his body. He's uh, clearly disturbed from what's happened. They're, of course, inquiring, you know, what happened. Yeah. Um, he's kind of brushing it off. Sigzil says that he wouldn't wake up, that he was having some kind of fever dream. Fever dream, yep. Yep. Yeah, this is crazy. So what's your opinion? Um, what do you think just happened? Do you think it was a fever dream or do you think this was real? No, I think it was real. I, I, I want to believe it was real. Right. I like, I think it's suggesting it, saying men... Men no longer ride the storms, yet here's one that's doing it. Um, if Zeth is indeed on the western side of the continent and doing uh, a mission in um, in Erie, then he could have literally been just killing someone again for, him, for his master. And, you know, there is Kaladin. You know, his presence is, is felt by Zeth. I think right. that's really maybe another thing that's interesting is... Kaladin being, um, you know, discovered, if you will, by, by Zeth. Yeah. That's that he saw him or th- Cal saw him or that felt maybe he his saw presence. Yes. Yeah. That's really neat. Eh? Knows that he's there. Mm-hmm. I think, I hope that comes up again. That'd be really cool. So Cal's like, holy crap, man, that was a weird trip. Let's go outside and take a shower. <laughs> yeah. So. This is funny. They, they after streaking, shower. after streaking, he's like, "Let's go after shower, streaking, boys." 
I could use some sand in my soap. Come on. A bridge Those crew that showers areas? together stays together. Yeah. Yeah. Super homoerotic right here. A little here. exfoliation. We gotta exfoliate, guys. We're starting to shave. <laughs> um Kaladin gets a shave from Rock. I love this is one of my most favorite parts of this yeah. chapter. This could be my highlight. Is the the way that Rock interacts with uh with Kaladin yeah. over getting uh, he's like uh he's like shave shave he says he comes up to Rock and he says shave shave it clean. Mm-hmm. Uh but he says, I'd rather not quite have a pattern like yours though. And Rock's <laughs> like, ha! He's like, it's not right for you to wear a humaka aban. Yeah. <laughs> he's, 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 yeah. I love it. He's just. I want a humaka uh, aban. He says, I, if, if, if you, if I were, if you were to wear this thing, if you were to wear this, uh, this particular shave, this style, I would have to thump you. I would have to beat you up, um, for having it, mm-hmm. uh, being someone other than, um, a horn, a horn eater. Um, I thought that was just great. Yeah. Um, so of course he gets a nice clean shave and then of course, this is, this is neat. Um, the shave took him back and says, uh, it's, the shave transformed him just a little into the man he had been. Right. So I like that. Kind of an important and, thing for his psyche and like his, you know, last yeah. chapter with him, he, he turned himself around. He was really low and he's like, you know what? I, I got to f- keep fighting. Um, mm-hmm. journey before destination and all that. And then apparently it's shave, a shower before shave. That's the, you know, that's the <laughs> part of the motto as shower well. Shower before shave. Uh, it's a I life actually, before death, strength before weakness, shower before shower shave, before journey shave. before destination. That's I how it goes. I, 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 I'm not sure if I agree. I like to do my, my, my shave first personally, but. It depends on what um, kind of shave you're doing. If you're doing like a um, a razor shave, then I would say shower before shave. But if I'm taking the clippers to shave this mammoth beard I have, I would take the clippers first and then shower and then shave. It's mm. like a three part. It's like a three part. See, play. for me, it's a, for me, for me, it's 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 all about the rinsing. If I'm going to go through the trouble of putting, you know, soap or shaving cream on my face and shave, there's going to be residue of some kind on my face. <laughs> I need to rinse it off. Right, it's true. Well, if I shower afterwards, then that's how I get it off. You know what? The perfect uh, um, compromise here is showering during showering and shaving during the riddance because it's just clear. It's just continuously pouring on you. It's or not pouring, but it's continuously raining. <laughs> so you're showering and shaving at the same time with all your Clearly, buddies. Clearly, we, 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 we need some, we need a horn eater brand to come out for shaving, uh, for a shaving kit. This is a brilliant, uh, um, uh, opportunity for, uh, the Stormlight Archives to announce its, uh, shaving supplies, yeah. um, by, <laughs> by the Aban. horn, no, by, by the, Umaka yeah, Aban. Umaka Aban. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the... This is great. I, I would totally buy that, by the way. A shave Me too. Kit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're all in on this. We're <laughs> uh, all in on this. This is, this is it. Well, okay. So baby face Dunny, I just made a note of it. I love, <laughs> I like the fact that he's the last guy to get a shave. Yeah. And then they referred him as baby face. And I thought, well, maybe if we have any future Dunny moments, if it's like a super Dunny moment, maybe we can go... Baby face. That's a baby face. <laughs> maybe we, we could totally do that's, that. That's so dunny. It's baby. That's that's shaved. That's shaved dunny. Yeah. Baby face. Whoa. Well, if we're cutting that's it close, yeah. Dunny. That's a close shave, dunny. <laughs> yeah, cutting it close. <laughs> Sigzil says so, uh, to him that uh, the shave suits him and stuff. A leader's face, yeah. Sigzil says. And he says, well, you know, you and have that Kaladin's like, face. I'm no, I, I'm no light eyes, Kaladin says. Yeah. And then Sigzil's like, well, you hate them so much? Yeah. 
And he says, I hate their lies. And I hate that I used to believe they were honorable. Right. And we know he used to think that that's like, every like those are the most important parts of his backstory is how at first anyways, when he's really young talking about how awesome he is and, oh, you got goosebumps again there. Yeah. I don't know why. That's a goosebump uh, type of pod today. It's bumpy and goosey. Just uh, as this story reveals itself, it's, it's really, really cool. Sigzil says, um, um, if you cast them down, would you rule in their place? Right. No. His answer was no. And then Syl appears, having finished frolicking in the winds of the high storm. And he has this like fleeting thought here. He has a fleeting thought here, Cal has. He's like, Syl comes back and he's worried that she might fly away with the wind spread and never come back. Never come back. Yeah. And this comes back to this earlier thing whenever he thought she had left and he was really sad. Like he was, you know, a slave and a nobody and nothing. He didn't even have bridge four yet. Um, and mm-hmm. she had left for a little bit and he was like, I'm pleased to see that I miss her and her presence kind of thing. So it's another, mm-hmm. another little point on their relationship that she's become quite important to him. He's, he's very attached. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I like this further exchange, um, between Sigzil and Kaladin that he says, um, have you no thirst to punish those who have treated you so? And he says, oh, well, I'm happy to punish them, but I have no desire to take their place, nor do I wish to join them. Mm-hmm. And then Moash speaks up right away and says, I would join them in a heartbeat. Yeah. Because Moash has all these ideas. And then that's when Sigzil says, well, have you ever heard of the land of Babatharnam? Mm-hmm. This is cool. And Kaladin says, no. I, and then Sigzil says, I visited there once with my master. Peculiar trees. The entire plant lies down when a high storm approaches, as if built on hinges. Yeah, neat, I was thrown eh? in prison. Yeah, totally neat. I was thrown in prison three times while I was there. Yeah. The Babbath are quite particular about how you speak, he says. They have a curious system of rule there. The elderly are given office, the older you are, the more authority you have. Everyone gets to rule if you live long enough. Yeah. And the king, I thought this is really cool. The king of, of uh, Babatharnam is called the most ancient. Yeah. And cur- currently the Monavaka dynasty reigns there. And then Kaladin's like, well, how can you have a dynasty if you choose your leaders based on their age? Right. And then Sigzel says, quite, quite easily, actually, you just execute anyone who gets old enough to challenge you. Right. So, so for 50 years, the Manakavas have made certain that their family lives the longest. Right. All the others have fallen through with assassination, exile, death, and the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And, and he's bringing this up. He says, no matter, so Sigzel's trying to teach a little something here. Mm-hmm. He says, no matter where you go, you're going to find someone who's going to abuse their power. Yeah. And, and Moash, um, says, I doubt that the world, um, would be, or sorry, he says to Moash, I I, I doubt the world would be a different place if you ruled instead of the light eyes, the abuses would just happen to other people. Right. And that's, and then Moash, Moash very boldly, well, I know, but it's, it is true, but Moash very boldly says, no, I'd change the world. And I mean to, I can't, I came to get myself a shard blade and I still mean to do it somehow. So there's a really, I thought that, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty bold of Moash to say. Well, we don't know much um, about him, right? So this is like, we're learning a little bit about Moash right now. And, yeah. and these, these bridgemen, 
you know, we didn't know their names and now we know their names and now we're getting mm-hmm. to know a little bit about more about their personalities. The Sigzil is, we find out and in like two seconds here, is a world singer or was training to be a world singer, a type of bardic storyteller type guy. Mm-hmm. Moash I love seems that, to be hell bent on getting back at people or doing something. Dunny, he's a baby face. Rock uh, likes to put shit in people's food. Like we're learning all this stuff about the men. I like, I like, I like that world singer thing so much. Uh, I have it a little further down in my notes, but um, mm-hmm. I love it. I'm just going to announce, like, say to Brandon, Mister Sanders, I'm totally stealing that. By the way, for my D and D games, like, forget it. Yeah. If I refer, well, this to is not the first time you've of, said that. World world singers, yeah. I mean, I I love it. I love it so much that I'm I'm just uh, grabbing it. I might. Might even change it to Realm Singer for mm. um, for D&D. for D for D and D, but cool. uh, but groups of bards that refer to themselves as such. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool. Uh, yeah, it's neat. Really like that. However, when I believe that, okay, hang on. So uh, Moash kind of concludes that conversation, that tr- you know, tricky little conversation. I I really like that whole thing of like, no matter who's in power, someone's going to abuse it. Right. I will push back a little bit on that and say, well. The only form of government that I can think of, or or and or form of go- or governance that I can think of that uh, that re- that um, um, works is benevolent dictatorship. Right. Now, sadly, it's <laughs> it's incredibly hard to find such a thing. Right. Uh, to find someone who's who's actually good and is willing to and has all the power uh, has all the power. Right. Um, that's that's the problem. Mm-hmm. That doesn't so happen very may, often. Maybe, maybe Moash would change the world because yeah. he really is the benevolent dictator. Maybe yeah. he can do it. Yeah, maybe. But more than likely, Sigzil saying, more than likely, no. If you get in there, it, the, the, it'll just change. And that comes up later, of course, with our discussion of the parchment. Yeah, Moash um, says, um, he says something here like, uh, you know, your your plan better work. To Kaladin, yeah. Kaladin's like, "Hey, whoa, calm down! Like, stop I ne- I never looking around, was... making sure people aren't listening in." He's like, "This is a secret yeah. plan, dude." <laughs> like, yeah, don't off. talk. Don't don't talk about me teaching you the spear. Uh, yeah, uh, outside of the chasms. And Kaladin's looking around. And then, for the guys. Um, and then Sigzil says to Moash, "He's like, you don't think that they'd really let you have a shard blade, would you?" Because Moash explains he came out here to win a shard blade. Yeah, right? yeah he says, and, and then he boldly Sigzil's says like, again to that, "Yeah." Go ahead. Yeah, he's like, you, you don't think that uh, you don't think they'll actually let you have one, right? And he's like, well, it's the law; they have to f- slave or free. I man. love what Caliban says are here. Dark. It's the law. And then what does Cal say? Yeah, you go. Assuming they follow the law, right? Right. I love it's the law. I, that's, yeah. Assuming I, I had that in my it. notes because I just I love that whole exchange. I like the fact that you know. You get a little bit of boasting from a character, and then Sigzil saying, "Ever, ever heard of uh, Babatharnum?" Yeah, bringing in this random reference, and then showing you the reference, what it means, uh, 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 having rulership there. Yeah, and then walking, trying to walk Moash through the logic, but Moash not quite accepting it. Um, it's kind of interesting, and then basically it concludes that Moash is, you know, not really having it. He's, yeah reluctant he's reluctant that kaladin made him shut up right he actually stares down kaladin from that comment mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he says. Um, Rock says, uh, I'll "I like do this it somehow." Rock, Rock... Yeah, he says, "I'll do it somehow." He glanced to the side where Rock was closing up his razor, wiping the rainwater from the the, the horn eater approached them. So, yeah, he's like, he's pretty determined. I'll do it somehow. He says, "I'll do it somehow." Yeah. And then Rock Rock's says, like, "I've heard, heard, I've this, heard place of this place before." Yeah, I've ba- heard of Barbathorn. Uh, this is I love. I, I've heard of this place, Babatharnam. My cousin, 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 cousin. <laughs> Vis- visited there. Very good snails. They're tasty. Very tasty snails in this place, Babatharnam. I know your kind. He's were saying this to, to Sigzil. And Sigzil's like, my, my kind. And he says, you're what they call a world singer. Traveling, you know, you travel around and tell histories and stories and things. And then... At this, um, Sigzil gets up and, and like, I, I mean, more or less storms off. Like he does, he doesn't appear to like being referred to as a world singer. Right. So that kind of says to me that maybe Rock's got him wrong. Or he's got him right. And it shocked Sigzil. Maybe. Maybe. Knowing it's that either name. that. It's either one of the two. Right. Yeah. It's either one of the two. There's a, um, there's a, na- there's a thing here where he says, when he says, my cousin, cousin, cousin visited there one time, Sigzil's <laughs> like, uh, that's a long distance for a horn eater to travel. And he says nearly yeah. as the same distance as an Azish cause you guys got such short legs. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. Yeah. The short leg. I, there's so many little comments like that. Yeah. We should bring up, bring them up more. Like this whole so conversation is hilarious. You can't just reread, I like just, we can't just reread it for me. No, right? I, so, I know we can't. Yeah. It's super no, funny. We, we, we got to pick the, the stuff that we're wanting to cover, but. Yeah, but a world singer, Rock says, I don't know much. Our strange people, they say they must travel to each kingdom and tell the people there of other, uh, of other kingdoms is kind of, of storyteller, yeah. though they are thinking themselves as much more. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's really cool. Mm, yeah. I just like it when where we get teased out this backstory from all these men. They don't just become mm-hmm. um, nobodies, and they're not nobodies to Cal either, right? So now they're not nobodies for us anymore. We're starting to learn who they are, and they have all these different. They're not just a. Um, remember earlier in the book um, they, when they certainly uh, Cal used looked to be off. Right when Cal looked off and saw other Bridgemen, and he's all like, "We all look the same, no matter." what uh race we are what we look like we all look the same because we're all we all have hollow eyes we all look you know like beaten to death and we all look like we we, you know we Mm -hmm. all have the brown vest and the you know the brown Mm -hmm. sandals right so but now Mm -hmm. we are seeing this color appear from these like these you know like dark tones of these men and we're like finding out their life and stuff and i love that that's Probably my highlight of yeah. the chapter is, is yeah, the, the backstory. Amazing. We get a backstory on Moash. We get a backstory on, on Sigzil all in one chapter. It's great. Well, okay. It's so great. in addition to that, uh, Kaladin says to Moash and Rock, gather your sub squads, get, uh, pass the word on to Taft and Scar. I want the men oiling their vests and sandals against the humidity. It was mm-hmm. Satchel, or sorry, not Satchel. It was Chachel, third day of the week. Right. Where sl- slave markets would, would show their new wares, which meant new bridgemen. Mm-hmm. So it turns out we get to find out a couple of things here. Yake, a member of the of Bridge 4, took an arrow in the arm, mm-hmm. an injury, and, and a character named Delp yep. took an arrow in the neck and unfortunately died yep. from his wounds. Yeah, Kaladin, Cal couldn't do anything for him. No, Kaladin's down to 28 bridge-capable men. Mm-hmm. And Gaz says... I don't make the assignments anymore. 
Yeah. As uh, greatness of Shell as Kaladin is approaching, as a Kaladin's approaching the new the new uh, potentials that could be available. But Gaz says, "Look, before you get angry, before you get upset, I'm not making the assignments anymore. I'm not assigning any new bridgeman to you anyway. Right. Anymore, Highness Hashel wants to do it herself. Yeah, brightness Hashel. Sorry, brightness." Yeah, brightness. Hashal wants to do it herself. Mm-hmm. She and then Kaladin's like, well, she she'd starve Bridge for right of members. And then Gaz says, you will get one. Mm-hmm. And this is amazing. I love this. Yeah. They are getting a parchment, right? Red and black, marbled skinned man. He stares at the ground. He appears thicker. Than other humans, his fingers and arms are stouter. The thighs are wider. He's physically different than they are. Um, and he's getting, Kaladin's getting a lot of different reactions to a Parshman being a part of the bridge crew. Chief right. of which is Teft, who wants nothing to do with him. Thinks it's a terrible idea. He's like, we're at war Doesn't, with them. We're How at war we? with these people. Yeah. 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 Teft is very much against this whole thing. He even says to Kaladin. Says to Kaladin, like, I'm going to be watching him. Gaz says, we're a a war with a tribe of oddities. Those out on the Shattered Plains are Mm -hmm. a right different from the fellow who works for us. Mm -hmm. So, like, Parshmen, in everyone's eyes, are different than these Parshendi. Mm -hmm. Well, this is interesting. Um, I think this ties into Sigzil's um, uh, story regarding, uh, Babatharnam, mm-hmm. um, you Parshman. Okay. So he's, Kaladin says to the Parshman, fo- fo- uh, follow me. Mm-hmm. And the comments later are, uh, perhaps he'll do as, as he's told, or perhaps he'll refuse to and run and will try to kill us. Right. Either way, she, she wins regardless right. So this referring brightness to brightness Ashal. Ashal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why does Brightness Hashal have it in for Kaladin so badly? This is the new assignment. Like her husband is the new assigned Bright Lord, mm-hmm. right? So why is I mean, she getting so personally involved? I, I think it's political if she mm-hmm. teaches Bridge for a good lesson for fucking up with Bridge, uh, with side carry from before, right. then maybe mm-hmm. she'll elevate her status in this whole thing. Yeah, maybe. Cal thinks Stormfather, there, there is something lower in this world than a Bridgman. It's a Parchman yeah. Bridgman. Right. That I wrote down too. Mm-hmm. That's harsh. Yeah. But, but as he's, as he's thinking through that very thought, he says, this Parchman is a liability. And then he remembers, right. turn a liability into an advantage whenever you can. Right. Who said that? Um, that was... Tux or Dork or whatever it was. Was it Tux? I think it might've been Tux. It's a, uh, Kaladin says those words had been spoken by a man who cared only for his own skin. Hmm. Maybe I referring to that. Tux? I thought it was, yeah, that was the, that, that was the afterline after that. So I wanted to yeah. try to try to pick your brain about it to get it clear. Maybe. But- Maybe he's referring to him as himself because he mm. used to say that. And maybe he's saying that, you know, he used to be a man who only cared for his own skin. I don't know. That's actually very interesting. I don't, I don't think I noticed mm. that before. 
because we yeah. have heard this line before, and I thought it was like we one have, of his and, and, um, advisors, younger advisor. Yeah, I think yeah. you got. I think you had it right. Tux, T-U-K-K-S. Yeah, maybe, but but maybe or not. T-U-K-S. I might be wrong on that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that would be a good uh, bit of info dump if anybody out there can help us out with that. Yeah, there you go. I'm sure Jeff will be yeah. all over that. Um, <laughs> he uh, uh, he asks uh, the parchment his name, and the parchment's like, I don't, you know, he's like, I don't, I got a name no. or whatever. He just he just shakes yeah. his head. Do you have a name? Yeah, he doesn't no. say anything. He just shakes his head. Doesn't and, say anything. Uh, he said, "Okay, well, we're going to call you Shen. Shen. This is which Shen. Is he's like one of us par now. Shen D. So the Shen comes mm-hmm. from Par Shen D. So I'll call. We'll mm-hmm. call you Shen." The men Shen. think he's dangerous, and this is a super bad idea. Cal's mm-hmm. like, too bad. He's one of us now. We treat him like everyone else. He's he's bridge yep. four. And then bridge Tef's four, like, and he says, "What what about our plans? Carry on. Yeah, what's keep, he going to do? Keep spy on us? He doesn't say a word. Right. And yeah. Tef's like, I'll keep an eye on him, anyways. Like you, yeah. You Tef. worry about training the men. I'll keep an eye on this guy. I love yeah. Teft, man. T- I know. Teft. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I really like him too. Sill appears on Kaladin's shoulder. This this is where it ties into Sigsil's uh, story, I think. Sill appears on Kaladin's shoulder, looking down at the parchment. Her eyes were sorrowful. Hmm. Sill knows something about the parchment. Hmm. Okay, that's what that's what that's I'm nice. reading from this. Sill knows that there's something bad about this. So. When you see the parchment being mistreated um, in this way, you know, your your slaves, you're in servitude, in perpetuity, something is wrong. Right. And again, to, to Sigzel's story, those who abuse power, there's mm-hmm. going to be those that, um, um, you know, the, the, the abuses would still happen, but simply to other people, no matter who's in charge. Yeah. And then Cal's, so I'm thought, sure the after light eyes, is, Cal's thought after this is, but this was a parchment. Like, they don't deserve to be considered right. like other men. And it's ingrained in Kaladin too, like this, you know, this subservient mm-hmm. slave, the, the, this other person isn't even worthy of being considered as someone who would be, that you would have power over. They're just clear, clearly servants. It's, that's all they do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. It's, um, it's crazy. But it's, I think that's the, I think that's the hint there that something mm-hmm. Again, I, I've been saying this a while in the, during the podcast. Something is up with the parchment um, on either side. Either the carapace wielding um, pole vaulting uh, warriors that we know on the Shattered Plains, or with these indentured servants or these broken people. They they remind me of like you know like breaking in a horse to get it to do what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, just eyes, eyes forward or eyes down, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, something's up there, but I'm not sure what it is, but I'm really delighted that a parchment is part of bridge four because I almost feel like there's no better place for him. Mm-hmm. You're with Kaladin here. Day one, you're given a name. Right. Right. Wow. And like, the the cool thing I'm, is that I'm for us as a reader, we're going to have contact with a parchment before they were just these like kind of amorphous people or beings kind of just in the background all the time, like Mm -hmm. serving people and pulling the lifts up for Shalon. And, but now we're actually going to get our 
characters, the people that we like to interact with them on like a more personal basis. So we'll get to learn more about them, which is interesting. So it's interesting. So, so that pretty much ends. It ends with, uh, um, I think Kaladin and Tapter talking and yeah, we got a scene uh, change here. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that particular scene that we were just on, uh, mm-hmm. that ends yeah. with, uh, you know, Tef saying, well, what are you going to be doing? Walking and thinking. Yeah. Is the response from Kaladin. Yeah. This, uh, so scene, scene, so scene change. Yep. Yeah. Um, so this, this for me was a total page turner again. It happened again. I, I was, I was yeah. reading it and I went, <laughs> oh, 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 jeez. Kept flipping the yeah, page and I went, oh, and then, and then I'm at the end and I didn't take any notes. So I'm like. Oh my gosh. And then I texted you. I'm like, oh my gosh, Adeline, you know, this is amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just page turned this last, this whole last part of the, of the change of view. So, uh, if you want to take it, go ahead. I can sum it up, but, um, yeah, that's if you cool. want to um, take it, go ahead. So Syl and Cal are in a super deep conversation here. Um, Syl's like Cal. And then, um. You seem troubled. <laughs> yeah. And he, um, he's like getting the Bridgman out is a large task as I've ever faced more difficult than the other escapes I've had. Um, and I failed in each of those. I can't help wondering if I'm setting myself for another disaster. And she's like, it'll be she, different this time, Cal. And she, and she's told him that a few times now. Yeah. She's like, I can feel that it'll it. be different this time. Yeah. I can feel and it. And I like yeah. this. She's like, I can feel it. And then he's like, mm-hmm. that sounds like something TN would have said, which is exactly what we've been yeah. saying this whole time that Syl is like Cal's new TN or whatever. His yeah. death proves that words don't change uh. anything, Syl. Before you ask, I'm not sinking into despair again. I just can't ignore what happened to me. It started with yeah. TN, and since that moment, it seems that every time I've specifically picked people to protect, they've ended up dead. Every time. It's enough to make me wonder if the Almighty himself hates me. <laughs> what a sad think, comment, I, man. I know, it's really sad. I hate when he, I hate when... Kaladin admits that Tien is dead because of course I don't know how that happened so when right. it's just kind of blurted so you know it, it just it's tough to take so that's uh, yeah. she says I think so you're being foolish besides difficult. if anything he'd hate the people who died not you you lived he's like I guess it's self-centered to make it all about yeah. me but still I survived every time when nobody else does over and over again my old spearman yeah. squad the first bridge crew I ran with numerous slaves mm. I tried to help escape there's a pattern it's getting harder and harder to ignore and then still says maybe the almighty yeah. is preserving you yeah yeah I like that and then he asks her do you believe in the almighty and you uh- or so he says, uh, he says, you mentioned the almighty. And then she says, you did first. Yeah. That was cute. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, d- do you believe that? And she our, says, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. She just says, I don't, I don't know. Um, there are a lot of things I don't know, but I shouldn't know this one. I, I think maybe she seems perplexed. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and then yeah. she, he's like, my mother did. My father always spoke about the heralds with reverence. He's like, I think mm-hmm. they believed, um, the Ardents ignore uh, us Bridgemen. They went, uh, used to visit the soldiers when I was in IMRM's army, but I haven't seen a single one in the lumberyard. I haven't given it much thought. Believing never seemed to help a sold- any of the soldiers. And then I like this part here. He says, uh, so, she's right. like, so you don't believe? There's no, one, no reason to think that the Almighty hates you. And he says, except if there is no Almighty, there might be something else. 
I don't know. A lot of soldiers I knew were superstitious. superstitious They'd always talk about yeah. old things like the old magic and the night watcher. The night things watcher. Things that could we've bring man bad mm-hmm. luck. Yeah, we've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, I scoffed at them, but how long can I continue to ignore the possibility? What if all these failures can be traced back to something like that? Sil looks disturbed at this. Um, the cap and jacket she's wearing dissolves in a mist. She wraps her arms around herself as if chilled by his comments. And then he is having a thought here. Odium reigns. Right. Again. So he's like, and then he, he he's starting he to like think about, about um, religion and fate and um, higher powers because he's like, you know, this keeps happening to me. Um, there must be a reason why. Like, what do you think about this? Right. Do you think that he's, um, he's just looking for meaning and like, that's, that's it? Well, or? I think, no, I think, well, I think that you can't, I mean, if, if Kaladin just kept, uh, continuing on his journey through everything that's happened to him so far, mm-hmm. if he kept on going, oh, okay, well, I guess I survived that high storm. Okay. Yeah. Back to bridge four and you know, this and that, like eventually as a character, if you were of any, if you have any wisdom or intelligence to your scores, you're eventually going to start to conclude like something is going on here. Like I may not be what I think I am. Right. Like, or at least I may be a part of something that's much bigger than just Kaladin Stormblast from Hearthstone. Right. I think that he's, he's thinking that that's a kind of a shiny way to look at it. I think he's thinking of it the other side. He's thinking that there's something against me. You know, she's well, trying think, to say, well, maybe well, you're special because you keep surviving all these bad things. And he's like, but maybe I'm cursed to have people die around me all the time. So he's looking at it in like the really negative way where she's trying to be like, mm. but maybe he likes you because you survive all the time. Right, right. See, I was I was starting to wonder if he's starting to ask her about, you know, religion and stuff um, and about the almighty. Like, yeah, you're right. Because he is still, he is still the, the wretch. Eh? I guess yeah. it's the wretch still surfacing. He's battling it all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, when he thinks because, Odium Reigns. I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I, I, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting Kaladin to start piecing this together. Like this wouldn't be, ha- I wouldn't be surviving all of these difficulties if it wasn't for something larger. Right. Like he, he should at some point, I hope, get there where he starts to re- like even Teft, Teft has already seen it. Right. Taft is already convinced. Yeah, Cal still doesn't have any clue about anything right now. Yeah, so he yeah, brings up it's, Odium. It's, he thinks of this line, Odium reigns. And he's like, hey, Syl, have you ever heard of something called Odium? And I don't mean yeah, the feeling. Weird. I mean like a person or something called by that name. And then and she then hisses. She yeah, hisses like at him. Feral, disturbing sound, and then she zips yeah. off his shoulder, becoming a streak of light shot up underneath the eave of the next building. She just takes off. He's like, what the, what, what did I say? And, and that's the second character in this chapter that went streaking. Streaking. She's like this tiny little <laughs> version of it. She's going streaking. Um, and then here we get the really cool part here. Yeah. So then Cal, um. So this, uh, um, uh, 
prostitute is being kind of like smacked around by these like three um, men who are described wearing green. So they're like Sadius's men or they're described well, as wearing just red. One. Oh, okay. Hmm? They're, they're Sadius's one, officers. One man that was... Okay. Well, there's, um... Forest green coat. Officer continue to curse under his coat. Uh, after swimming on the ground. Blah, 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 doop, 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 doop. Oh, yeah, it's just one light-eyed officer. You're right. It's one officer, right. yeah. Yeah, he's one, a one light-eyed officer. officer. Is having trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, he's like, you know, she's half-dressed, she's fallen on the ground. Um, he Kicks continues her to belly. curse at her. Yeah. Pain spren. And, mm-hmm. Spren mm-hmm. head. Spren head. <laughs> I wish it was under better circumstances, but. Yeah. Cal considers going over there and intervening. Um, and. Oh, yeah. Yep. He stops as a group of men dressed in blue show up. And the That's lead when soldier, the three men, yeah. The three men yep. show up, yeah. And the lead soldier right. has golden hair speckled with bla- a lethe black and a very handsome face. And, and lo and behold, who is this? The whole time we, we you know, think of him as the man in blue. He tried to work this out with words with a uh, Sadius soldier, but then Sadius soldier spits on him. And mm-hmm. then the man yeah, in blue holds out brutal. his hand. And summons his shard blade. Mm-hmm. And then we get the, uh, we yeah. disc- get the description of the shard blade again here. It's a massive sword. As long as a you man said, is I, tall. I like, I like, I like the man who speaks, the, amongst the blue, the blue, uh, soldiers. He, uh, he calmly says to this individual who's beating up on the, on the prostitute, you don't belong here, friends. It seems you wandered into the wrong war camp. Mm-hmm. And he's very calm. Yeah. You know, we have legitimate business. Um, yeah, this is, this is really cool. I, I like the fact that they remain calm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's whatever all your problem with this woman is, stuff, I'm sure right? it can be resolved without anger or violence. So I, I, I just, I, I like that. See, this is, this is a, a small example of a light of a, well, hang on. Is Adeline a light eyes? Yes. He's as light as a light eyes can get. He's like. Okay. Third in line for the throne. Third in line. Oh, second Don. He's, he's the second Don, right? Oh, I don't know if Don really even matters to, that's a, a Dark Eyes um, scaling. Oh yeah. That's a scaling for the Dark right. Eyes. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting that confused. It's okay. Um, but he's as bright Lord as you can be. Like he's like. Right. But cousins he's of the king. conducting himself in the way that Kaladin wishes they were. Right. Is my point. And you like get later on when the, um, when the, uh, prostitute is like, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll give you a free time. And he's all like, yeah. no, my dad she has this that thing about following the old ways. Right. Right. So this, of course, uh, as a first time reader, you, you don't know that this is Adeline until, uh, I forget what page it's revealed on. Um... Until he's Tell like, Tell him that is on oh, page Ridge. on page eight on page eight twenty three of the of the uh, uh, paperback. It says, uh, "Bridge boy." Yeah. Um, he sa- he says to Kaladin, uh, "This lordling uh, looked to be just a few years older than Kaladin himself." Run and give word to Bright Lord Rarel Macorum, the shardbearer said, flipping something across the street toward Kaladin. A sphere. It sparkled in the sunlight before Kaladin caught it. He's in the sixth battalion. Tell him that Adeline Colon won't make meeting today's meeting. I'll send word to reschedule at another time. So there it is right there. And I went, oh yes, this is Adeline. Right. This is, this is, this is Kaladin getting closer 
to Adeline and Dalinar and they finally you know, cross, the other right? characters that we've met. Well, they finally cross very brief. And of course, this is funny because, you know, he's, I forget now, how, now how do they deal with the, with Sadius's officer, this uh, green well, he pulls clad the, man? He pulls the shard blade out and the guy's like, screw this, I'm not dealing with him. this. And he turns tail and runs. Oh yeah, he turns tail. Yeah, yeah. Officer curses at them. Uh, with a final glare, he scrambles up the steps and onto the building. Um, yeah, he just, he just leaves mm -hmm. entirely. And then of course the, uh, the, the prostitute makes a play, <laughs> makes a, uh, an offer to Adeline that uh, if you want, I, I would, you know, I would show you my appreciation. And then Adeline denies her this pleasure or denies, I guess, himself the pleasure. Yeah. Um, for having a sense of propriety. Um, and again, this is the behavior, I, I really thought, this is why I'm a little confused. I thought that if Kaladin witnessed this, mm -hmm. he would be much more impressed, you know, that, oh my gosh, here's a light eyes conducting himself in the way that I would, if I were a light eyes. Yeah. He gives, um, he gives good reasonings like, though for them, right? He's like. He's well, like, well, he probably was just trying to one-up Sadius's soldier. There's a lot of tension between the two groups right now. So he wasn't probably really doing it for the lady. He was doing it against Sadius's men. So that's not really that honorable. But that... But I, well, anyways. Yeah, and Syl's like... Aren't you going to do what the, what the Bright Lord asked? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, 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 well, because he's been, so Adeline, of course, has asked, has asked, uh, this bridge boy, <laughs> yeah. can you, can you take this message to, uh, Bright Lord Rail McCorum? Um, and then Sill's like, well, aren't you going to do what the Bright Lord asked? Aren't you going to take this message? And Kaladin's like, after how he treated me? And Kaladin is super offended how we treated him. What? By calling you bridge boy? Right. And then Sill's like, it wasn't that bad. And then Kaladin's like, well, I'm, I'm not going to bow to them. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done running at their whims just because they expect me to do so. If he was so worried about this message, then he should have waited to make certain I was willing. Mm -hmm. He took his fear, earned by the sweat of the dark eyes and the, uh, uh, of the dark eyes he, he exploits. See, this is, this is the Kaladin I don't agree with. I don't feel that's him right right here but like you, I, I feel that's a we know that he's been screwed by light eyes over I know. and over it's again just right? very these are scars of roshan uh, uh showing up here i get it i get it i just i just want him i would i wish that kaladin still reserved a part of himself that would recognize goodness or moreover honor when he sees it yeah Yes, Kill, Sal, uh, um, Sil says here, um, the darkness about you when you talk about them frightens me, Kaladin. You stop being yourself when you think about light eyes. And then he's like, I, he didn't respond, just continuing on his way. He owed mm -hmm. that bright lord nothing, and besides, he had orders to be back in the lumberyard. But the man had stepped up to protect the woman. And then Cal talks himself out of it. He's like, no. He's like, he was just looking for a way yeah. to embarrass one of Sadius' soldiers. Everyone knows mm -hmm. there's tension between them. So for a second there, he's like, but... He did help her. I know. I know. So there's a little bit of nugget there. There's a little tiny light. I know. I know. And that's how the chapter ends. Yeah. And that was all he let himself think on the subject. Yeah. The chapter ends. So there we have it. Chapter 46. That was a doozer. It's a good one. Um, I liked it. 
Me too. I like that one. I like I, that it's I not. I didn't uh, think of a. I didn't think of a of a of a alternate uh, title because, of course, the title is so cryptic. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what the child of Tanabas means. That's two in a row know, where you're like, Shades I don't even know what to say about chapter titles. Brandon, Brandon, first time. Like, are you are you you writing these things for second time readers? <laughs> the <laughs> next the first time reader, I don't get it. The next chapter is Storm <laughs> Blessings, kidding. so you, you you should be able to deal with that one. And... Storm Blessings. Ooh, mm-hmm. I'm liking the title. Yeah. However, one year ago, uh oh. I'm just reading onto it. I can't, I can't, I can't yeah. read it. Yeah, don't read it yet. Um, so very it. little info dump today. You already, uh, uh, went through and talked about Shashal, which is the third day of the week. We, um, mm-hmm. don't have a full picture of what all the days are called yet, but, uh, we do know the third day of the week is called Shashal. Shashal. Yeah. Um, one of the things we Shashel. sort of skipped over with Sigzil's story is that, um, he had been, yes, he had mm. been arrested three times and it seemed like they were finding mm. any reason to arrest him because, um, they knew that his master had deep <laughs> pockets and, mm. oh, he says one of those arrests was his fault yeah. because the women yeah. over there have shallow veins <laughs> and he found the pattern yeah. beautiful and irresistible. So he got, uh, yeah. he got arrested for hitting on a gross vein <laughs> chick, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Well, it depends what sort of patterns and and where those veins travel. I guess. Yeah, I, her their skin must be like kind of translucent or something to be able to see all the veins. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yet again, a very short info dump. Info dump. Oh, <laughs> that was the dump. dump. So oh, info I wish... dump. Your tree this episode is barren. <laughs> um. Maybe my, my alternative title would have been Tasty Snails. <laughs> tasty. Those snails are super tasty. My cousin, cousin, Damn. cousin, cousin told me. When I go to Babatharnum, you oh man, when you go to Babatharnum, you, you really, got to try these snails. You won't believe it. It's pretty far, but I got long legs. Um, so yeah, next episode <laughs> is going to be uh, um, chapters 47 and 48, Storm Blessings Ooh. and Strawberry. Um, we will... What? Strawberry? That's the title? Strawberry. Of chapter 48, yeah. Strawberry. Oh. I hope it is referring to jam. Jam. Um, so yeah, <laughs> uh, we've got that episode left, 47, 48. And then the next nice. episode after that will be three chapters long because they're very short. And that'll be the end of We're- part three. We're doing all three chapters. So next episode beyond. is 47, yes. 48. Yes. And then okay, yeah. um, mm-hmm. this episode after that will be 49, 50, and 51. So, oh boy. Yeah, I'm super And that's excited. the end of part three. And that'll be the end oh of part boy. three. And then we'll be able to do interludes ex- again. Interludes. 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 Loverly. The interludes are like quali- qui- quaaludes, but they're not as, as fun. They don't get you as high. <laughs> <laughs> um, they... Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward. Yeah. If, uh, if you're listening to the show and you want to support, you can always rate and review anywhere you can. We would really appreciate, uh, you to make a nice write up for us and say some nice things, mm-hmm. or, you know, you can tell a friend and get someone else to listen to the show. We'd really appreciate the, the, the earballs listening to the show. If you want to support the show directly, you can always go to patreon.com slash heroes of, uh, if you want to reach out to us, you could always email us at heroes of a 
um, uh, message us on uh, Twitter at Heroes of One or reach out on Facebook at the Storm Pod. And you can always check out our awesome uh, terrain builds and all of our other D&D style stuff on uh, Instagram at Heroes of Acathra. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, Jack, I can't wait to be doing this with you in a couple of days. Till next time. Till next time, buddy. Take care, everybody. Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack, J, Phil, Mike, and Sean. The Heroes of Hakathra. <laughs>